0: Welcome back. Today, we're going to do the second part of coping in a messy world. It's been a while since I did my last podcast episode. And the honest reason why is because I've personally also been working on this exact topic in my own life, Um, and especially the part of it that I'm going to talk about today. So it's a timely subject, I guess. Um, All right. So, as a recap, part one was about coping with the messiness of the world outside of ourselves. And you know the scary things that are happening in current events around the world, things that maybe touch a nerve within us because of past experiences. Um, but today, in part two, I'm going to share some ideas about coping when our own personal world gets messy, you know, our, our internal world. Um, as always, everything that I share is from my own experience and what works for me personally. Um, I hope that it is helpful for you and that you're able to take something from it that's valuable for you, Um, whether it's something specifically that I write here, or maybe it it like helps you think of something, you know, kind of springboard off of it. Um, And also my usual disclaimer stands that if you have any Shilas, please direct them to the right place. Nothing in my podcast is meant as halachic guidance. um, And also nothing in my podcast is meant as therapy guidance. Um, so again, those those kinds of things, please ask them to qualified people to answer questions. Okay, so what happens when our personal internal world is a mess? Um, there are obviously a lot of forms that, that can take, whether it's a situational stress, uh, maybe financial stress, or relationship trouble, or kids struggling in school, or health problems, or whatever else. Um, and there's also stress that happens inside of us kind of i guess more organically whether you know mental illness for example i've shared before that i have bipolar disorder and that it's been a big blow to my self-confidence over the years off and on really basically over the course of my whole life um something i want to clarify though is that self-confidence isn't the same as self-esteem um you know i'm trying hard to build up self-confidence um I've never made self-esteem a goal in itself. Um, I don't really think it's a realistic goal because it's more of a byproduct than a goal. It's the same way that happiness isn't a goal by itself. You know, you can strive for a happy life by living according to your beliefs and filling your time with meaningful and enjoyable activities and healthy relationships. Um, You know, doing fulfilling things and, you know, spending your life in a way that You have purpose um, and meaning, but you can't just seek out happiness in a vacuum. Um, And I think that's the same with self-esteem. You can't just force yourself to think highly of yourself. You have to actually do things and live in a way that you're proud of. Um, And that's really what this podcast episode is about. Um, Self-confidence is something, like I said, I'm working on. I guess that's actually more of a byproduct too. Um, But it is something also that I'm trying to keep in perspective because... You know, in my situation, and probably also in yours and in everybody else's, in some area or another at least, there needs to be a level of acceptance of limitations, you know, things that you can't do or that you can't do easily enough to make it, you know, a real focus area. Um, That's something that I've had a hard time, you know, accepting my limits I've kind of wanted to steamroll <laughs> over a lot of things in life, and there's just areas where I'll probably always struggle. Um, there's goals that I can't reasonably expect myself to achieve, and I'm trying to accept that and ad- adjust my ambitions accordingly, but, man, it's hard sometimes. You know, I've kind of described, um, like, the way that I look at life challenges as driving a car down a road. You know, some people have a difficult road. It's... um you know, whether it's rocky terrain or it's flooded or there's bad weather. And some people have, you know, like a smooth sailing, easy road. It's level and it's, um, you know, bright sunshine and great visibility, but there's something wrong with the car. And, you know, with bipolar, I've kind of struggled with, well, which one is it? You know, not, not that this is, you know, like a science, but um, I feel like sometimes I take out this, like, broken down Yugo and I'm trying to chug down this easy road. And sometimes I do hit some real challenges. And, you know, thankfully, a lot of times in my life when I've hit, you know, the rocky terrain and the storms and the flooding, I don't have the Yugo. I go into my garage and I take out a tank and I can just steamroll over all of it. And I've found that I'm really good in a crisis and I'm really good dealing with some of the big stuff. And, you know, then sometimes even the smallest things can put me over the edge. So, Be that as it may. So, all right. A lot of times I do feel broken, and I I suspect that probably you do too. You know, the world is full of broken people and whole people that work and maybe have some broken parts. I think we probably all have some broken parts to us, and that makes sense. Um, You know, there's a quote nobody makes it out of life alive. But I think also life breaks us down, you know, on the inside too, inevitably. Um, But broken doesn't mean worthless. And in fact, I think it's the opposite. If we never had to grapple with brokenness, then we'd never have to grow. And that, honestly, would be a lot more tragic. Um, It's painful to face the broken messes inside of us, for sure. Um, Here are some things, you know, there's some things that help me to do that. And two things in particular that I'm going to talk about today are gratitude and meaning both of which are huge subjects in themselves. So, for today I'm looking at the aspect of gratitude that focuses on just that immediate moment and the aspect of meaning that focuses on the goodness inside of ourselves. All right, so first gratitude. When I'm in a bad spot and feeling like life is overwhelmingly over powerfully painful, I um I try to pick out one or two things that I can still appreciate even in that darkness. And it doesn't have to be anything major. I'm not talking about making like a big gratitude list or anything, and I'm definitely not talking about things that, you know, quote, I should be grateful for. I literally mean anything in that moment that gives me even a speck of happiness or something to look forward to in that moment. So for example, one time when I was in a very serious depressive episode and starting to have some very you know dangerous thoughts and ideas, my gratitude item was my bed and the sensation of falling asleep. So those are some, it was something that felt good to me. It was a place where I felt safe and comfortable. And it was something that I could feel genuinely grateful for um, if I thought about it consciously. And that's kind of the trick. So I did. I thought about it. I remember driving down the road thinking, like, life is just painful. There's pain everywhere. Then I'm like, well, at the end of the day, I get to go to bed. <laughs> and that's what powered me through. And, you know, maybe there's something like that for you, too. And, you know, there always is. There always is something. You know, maybe you like the taste of chocolate, or the feeling of taking a hot shower, or watching a movie, or petting your cat or dog. You know, there's always something, but sometimes we have to kind of stop the the sadness train and look for it. Or if we're on the sadness train, we can't force ourselves off it necessarily, but we can look out the window and find something worth living for in that moment. It sounds a little dramatic, but it's really not. You know, there's always something, no matter how small it is, and anything can keep us going if it's the right thing at the right time. Um all right, so now meaning. And this goes back to the idea of self-confidence and self-esteem. You know, thank God I've had the opportunity to do a lot of therapy in my life. And it helped me get past some of the really big stuff or at least, you know, to get it in check enough to keep moving forward. Um you know, I don't know that some things ever really go away, but you can you can still live a happy, meaningful life even, you know, with the struggles. Um, So I've been assigned a lot of affirmations, therapy assignments, especially during treatment for my eating disorder. Um, to be honest, they never really did a whole lot for me. I think it was because sometimes, especially in the realm of eating disorder treatment, you can't realistically jump to just say nice things about yourself and expect yourself to believe it if it's something that's contrary to what you've been thinking for such a long time. Um, I've been told sometimes that the more you say things, the more you'll believe them, like the more you say it to yourself. And that might be true a little bit. It might work for some people. Um, but if you're like me and it doesn't work for you, um, or hasn't worked for you yet, at least here's something that I did instead. And this was not a therapy sanctioned exercise. It was something that I came up with on my own. Um, so don't take it as therapy advice per se, but for what it's worth, um, I made a different kind of list. I called it my spirituality log. And in it, I wrote out stories from my past. You know, it wasn't just a list. It was literally like a story or a paragraph that showed the light of my soul. So instead of saying something like, I am kind, I wrote out a story of when I was kind. Something, you know, from my past that I'm genuinely proud of. You know, things that kind of showcase the good qualities. Um, You know, stories that bring out that feeling like I could remember feeling good about myself. Um, And some of the items were things that I did. And some of the things were experiences that I had that helped me feel the beauty and meaning in life. So for example, one of the things that I wrote about that's an experience is that one year as a kid on Sukkos, it was the first night of and I was waiting for my father to come home from Shul. I was really excited for the meal to start. And I remember I was just walking in and out of the the sukkah. It was brightly lit and all the decorations, and some of them they made from school, and you know the bright shiny metallic chains and stuff. Um, you know I was just relishing the contrast between the cold, dark outside and then the spiritual warmth and glow of the sukkah. So it was Cleveland, Ohio, and sukkah tends to be pretty cold there, um, you know weather-wise. So physically the sukkah was cold, but the spiritual warmth and the feeling of I guess, divine protection, I did not really have the words for that when I was, I think I was like seven or eight years old at the time. Um, Like I could feel it, it was beautiful, and it just permeated my soul. And I put that on my spirituality log, and I tried to describe it in detail, things that I could remember from it, you know, the feeling of it, the lights, the smells, you know, the estrogue, oh my gosh, that was, it was really, really good. And um, it was a bright shining moment when my faith was palpable and that's why I put on the spirituality log it was a moment that I look at I'm like ah oh, I could feel the meaning and beauty of life in that moment and also even more it was that I could build on it it was something that I could hope to experience again you know in other ways maybe you know I personally can connect very much to different holidays and to the davening um you know it, davening and the sitter and to feel in my own words and I wrote pages and pages in that spirituality log, and I kept adding to it as I thought of more and more things. Um, and the items on that spirituality log, also the gratitude items, it's not that they fix the problems in my life. It doesn't. It doesn't heal the struggles, whether it's past or, or present. But the whole point is that it helps me cope. They, you know, it's things that help me focus on the parts of my inner world that are in working order. You know, the parts of myself and the parts of my life that are whole and pure the healthy parts, things that feel good, things that can help me power through the dark times. Um, So I hope this is helpful, and I hope that maybe it gives you a little bit of chizuk and some ideas maybe that, you know, can help you cope with life's messiness when you hit a rough patch. That's what I have for today, and I hope you'll come back next time. Have a great day.